Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Philippians, the book of Philippians, the New Testament. Letter by the Apostle Paul to the church at Philippi. Amen. Verse 6, Paul says, be careful for nothing. Don't worry about anything. But in everything, with prayer and supplications, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. In verse 7, he says, in the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, will keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Amen. Be careful for nothing. Amen. Don't worry about the small stuff. <laughs> Amen. Just take it to the Lord. Just take your, as the songwriter says, take your burdens to Jesus. Your burdens he'll bear. Tell him you're sorry. You're sorry he'll share. He's waiting just to bless you with an outstretched arm. Tell him your troubles. Tell him your sorrows. He will understand. Amen. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege we have to take everything to God in prayer. Amen. So we want, God wants us to have a weary free life. He don't want us to be burdened down with things. That's why in Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30, he tells us to come unto me. Oh, ye that are weary and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and I'm lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burdens is light there, he says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. Amen. So God says, come on, come to me. Bring your burdens to me. Bring the worries. Bring your troubles. Come on. Bring it on to me so I can take care of it for you. David said there in Psalms 3, he says, Lord, how increase are they that trouble me. Many there be which rise up against me. Many there be which saith of my soul, there is no help for me in God. But thou, O Lord, are a shield for me. You are the glory and you are the lifter up of my head. He says, I cried unto the Lord with my voice and he heard me out of his holy hills. I lay me down and I slept for the Lord shall sustain me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people which have set themselves against me round about. He says, Rise, O Lord, and save me, for you have smitten all my enemies upon the cheekbone. You have broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongs to you, and your blessings are upon your people. Amen. So God is with us. He don't want us to be weary. He don't want us to be burdened down and carrying things around, amen, that we shouldn't be carrying. Now, last week, I was talking about weary, and let me give you a little acronym here for weary, amen. W, worn out. When you get worn out, you start to weary. I like to call it battle fatigue. You're, you, you see, I think sometimes Christians forget that we're in a war. You're on a battlefield, and as a result, sometimes you're going to have to fight the battles, and it gets weary sometimes. 
See, so you're going to get battle fatigue if you don't know how to pull apart, get away, get some needed rest in the battle. See, you're fighting, you, you know, you're praying, you're, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're money through God through the pulling down of strongholds, you're, you're praying, you're, you're trying to seek the, the lost to get them saved, you're trying to deliver, you're trying to bring people out of darkness to the marvelous light, uh, and you're trying to protect yourself at the same time, uh, and this can sometimes become burdensome, and it become sometimes wearied, and so you got to realize that you're going to get tired and sometimes you've got to pull away and get some needed rest or if not you're going to get worn out and you're going to get more weary and you're going to get sick and you're going to get run down and all these things start happening in your life so you got to learn how to battle uh these things daniel says in daniel uh chapter 7 verse 25 he says he shall speak great words against the most high and he shall try to wear out the sinks uh, of the most high amen and thinking to him to change the times and and the laws and they shall be given into his hands until the time in the dividing of times if you notice they're trying to change the laws and they're trying to change the times uh on you and and what is taking place is is wearing you out you're getting tired of hearing all the foolishness that's going on and on and on and on and on and this is why you encourage to keep your mind stayed on the lord this is why you encourage amen to set your affections on things above because what you was once used to amen it ain't happening anymore, and as a result, you can become weary because you can start worrying and because you're seeing evil is being called good, and good is being called evil. And so, as a result, it's going to wear you out if you're not careful. That's why you got to stay focused on God because He wants you to have a weary-free life. See, He knows what's going on. That's why Job says, he knows the way that I take. And when I try it, I shall come forth as gold. Amen. So you don't want to allow yourself to get worn out. You're, you're too valuable to the kingdom. So you got to make sure that you're not taking on too much. Amen. Don't take on too many obligations. See, you, you have to be careful in, in this battle, in this, this way of life. You can start doing things and then you start doing more things and more things and more things and 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 it doesn't really matter see the things that are important that's why Jesus says in Matthew 6:33 but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else you have need of will be added to you you got to keep God first and everything that you do, if not, you're going to wear yourself out. You're going to be worried about foolish things that doesn't really matter. You've got to know what is priority in, in this walk with God. You know, don't focus all your energy on things that's secondary and third dairy. You know, you need to keep your focus on the things that's primary, which is Jesus Christ. That you never let God go. And I see it in my 30-something years of being in the church. The first thing people let go is God. They stop praying. They stop going to church because of their jobs and things. They get so worn out, they don't realize the church ain't wearing you out. 
It's the job that's wearing you out, that's killing you. You know, but people let the church go that feel like I'll have more time to rest. And then you go right back into the job with no energy, no spirit, no power, right back into the devils. You need to make sure you never let the church go. You know, that's the most important thing in your life. Because Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. You need to maintain your power in the Lord. Amen. It's too many people is running on empty. Amen. And the day of Pentecost came in Acts 2. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. You've got to stay full of the Holy Ghost. You need to, as Paul said, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than you all. You need to encourage. you got to build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. You've got to keep the spiritual man stronger than the fleshly man. If the fleshly man is stronger than the spiritual man, you're going to be wearied. But if the spiritual man is elevated to where he's in control so that you can make wise and right choices and right decisions, your life will be weary free. But if you let the flesh get in control, you watch what happens. Amen. You're going to start worrying about stuff that you have no control over. Amen. And so you got to bring it in. So don't run on empty. Amen. You need to be at church every time you can. The Bible says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. My feet shall stand within thy gates, O Jerusalem. You've got to read the word of God. You've got to keep your prayer life, your daily devotion, those things that are central and key. You've got to stay full of the Holy Ghost like never before, especially in these times. Amen. Because the enemy is on the run. He's on the war path right now. Amen. You've got to make sure that you do not resist the word of God. Amen. You have to do what God's word is telling you. So if Jesus says, come to me, you need to go to him when you've got things going on. James tell us, don't just be a hearer of God's word. You've got to be a doer. Of God's word. You've got to start doing what God's word. Because why? Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. See? So the word of God is quick. is powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the dividers of under. Of soul and spirit. And John and mire. And as a discerner. And the thoughts. And the intent of your heart. Amen. The word of God is there for you. It gives us, that's why the Bible said the things was written for is written for our learning and our example that we through patience and comfort of the scripture would have hope. Amen. The word of God will elevate you. It will build you up. It will strengthen you because the word is God. And that's what you need in you in trying times and when things are coming against you. You need to know what it says so that you don't give in, so that you don't give up. So don't ever resist the Word of God. Do what it says because God knows what you have need of before you ever ask of Him. Sometimes it may not make one bit of sense. You know, I was reading a thing in a book I'm reading, amen, uh, the other day, and the guy says that, they, the guy says, he, the God says, 
take a step. Step out off the cliff. And the guy was afraid. But he still stepped out there and realized he was able to walk out there. You never know what's under you. You know? I'm sure you've probably seen this new thing now. I think somewhere in China where a glass bridge over this great big ravine and it's up high and people are walking across it. But, I mean, they start with they were so afraid. But once you get out there and the wind is blowing and the bridge is rocking, all it does is strengthen your faith. See? <laughs> Challenge, huh? It's almost like jumping out of a well-put-together airplane. You know, <laughs> you, you you pray that you shoot open. If not, look at ground I'm coming through. <laughs> you, you know, you, you, you've got to not resist the word of God. See, because God knows what we have need of. And then we got to make sure that we're not yielding to the flesh, but we're yielding to the spirit. That's why Paul says in Romans six thirteen, he said, don't yield your members to the flesh, but yield to the spirit. Say, come under the yoke of the Holy Ghost. Let the Holy Ghost lead you. Notice, neither yield your members as instruments unto righteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God. Come on, just give yourself over to God. I thought that's what we did, didn't we? When we came to the church, we said, I'm yours, Lord. Everything I am, everything I got, everything I'm not. Try me now and see see if I can be completely yours. You remember you singing that song? That's yielding to God. Amen. Let God have his way in your life. Now, remember last week also we was talking about this this acronym called GAD. You remember G-A-D, GAD? Amen. You remember that? generalized anxiety disorder. Amen. It's characterized by excessive, exaggerated anxiety and wary about everyday life events with no obvious reason for worry. You're worrying about stuff that doesn't really matter. Stop worrying about things that doesn't really matter. People with symptoms of generalized anxiety disorder or gag tends to always expect disasters and can't stop worrying about health. They can't stop worrying about money. They can't stop worrying about family. They can't stop worrying about work or school. And people with gag, the worry is often unrealistic or out of proportion for the situation. Daily life becomes a constant state of worry, fear, and dread. Eventually, the anxiety so dominates the person's thinking that it interferes with daily function. Include your work. It includes your school, social activities, and relationships. And some of the symptoms of GAD we saw last week was excessive ongoing worry and tension, unrealistic views of problems, Restlessness of feeling a bit being edgy, irritability, muscle tensions, headaches, sweating, difficult concentration, nausea, the need to go to the bathroom frequently, tiredness, trouble falling or staying asleep, trembling, being easily startled, amen, are just some of the symptoms of GAD. So if I if I said something here that hits your ball field, 
then you need to stop and take action and say, wait a minute here. Am I worrying about things that doesn't really make a hill of beans? Am, am I focusing on things that is causing me to worry about things that I shouldn't be worried about? I'm a child of God. Amen. He has given me the answer to my situations and my problems and the things that he's instructed me to do. Amen. So Paul right into the church and first Timothy there chapter six, verse six, chapter six, verse six, first Timothy six, six through ten. Paul tell us, but godliness with contentment is what? Great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and prediction. For the love of money is the root of all evil, while some has covered it after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. So notice Paul says, godliness with contentment is great gain. We didn't bring anything into the world and you're not going to take anything out. So the thing here is don't harbor up a bunch of stuff that's going to cause you to worry. Don't try to make sure that you don't let money control your life. Yes, we need money to survive, but don't let it become a love in your life. If you invest money, guess what? You better be ready to let it go. Amen. You better make sure you're ready to let it go because the stock market is so unpredictable. You can have a whole lot of thousands in there today, but if the stock market falls while you're sleeping overnight or you ain't paying attention and you can't get your money out, you lose twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars in one whack, guess what? You're gonna start wearing. So you need to be aware that when you invest, you need to make in your mind, I'm not worrying about it. Because it's going to be up and it's going to be down. You're going to be happy when it rises and you're going to be sad when it drops. So you need to be aware of that when you start to invest in things. When you're putting your money in stuff, you, you, you have to think about this stuff before you ever do it. If you buy a big car, you need to prepare yourself that my bills to get it fixed is going to cost more than a little car. It's just that that's that's the way life is. If I buy a big house, I can expect to have big repairs. I can expect my insurance to be more. I can expect my water bill to be more. I can expect my electricity to be more than somebody with a smaller house. So going into those kind of things in advance, and you know that, then you shouldn't be wearing because you're making that choice. You're making that decision. See, so you have to prepare yourself for these kind of things. Zeus says, because one believes in oneself, one doesn't try to convince others. 
Because one is content with oneself, one doesn't need others' approval. Because one accepts oneself, the whole world accepts him or her. Amen. You don't need other people's approval. Amen. Be yourself. Be content with who you are. Amen. Live your life through the fullness. If God has come that you might have life and that more abundantly, live it. Live a content, peaceful life. Don't try, as I said last week, don't try to keep up with the Joneses. You live your life serving God with your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And you watch how much contentment you will have. But if you're concerned about what everybody else think about you, you know, how you're living because you've got a new car and you're concerned about them worrying about you got a new car, come on. If you was good enough, to, excuse me, not good enough, but if you worked and you earned the money to buy a new car, don't worry about what people think about you having a new car. Just because they can't afford one because they're slothful or lazy, don't let that affect you. God may be blessing you. See, you have to look at it from that standpoint. But people get all wary. Oh, they, uh, you know, I'm not going to buy that because people are going to think I'm this and that and the other. Wrong answer. Last time I checked, my Bible says, my father owned the cattle on the thousand hills. The earth is the Lord's in the fullness thereof. If I'm a royal king of 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 the family, am I not supposed to have good things? Come on, stop worrying about what people think about you and live your life. Amen. Live your life to the fullest and the things of God. Long as you keep God first and foremost. Long as you're doing what God's word is telling you to do. Amen. Not in, and I'm not saying be ostentatious. I'm not saying being all boastful and proud, you know, with it. But be content. Be humble. Learn how to live and walk humbly. What did Micah 6, 8 say? The Lord has showed you what is required. What does God say? To walk humbly. <laughs> you know, so you can be rich and live humbly. You know, as long as you're doing what you're supposed to do according to the word of God, live your life. Stop worrying about all of this other stuff. Amen. Socrates says, he who is not content with what he has would not be content with what he would like to have. If you're not content with what you got right now, you're not going to be content with you with more you get and what you would like to have. See, you got to learn how to be content here. Amen. So this is what Paul is trying to get us to see. Elizabeth Gibbard in her book, Eat, Play, and Love, says, At some point, you've got to let go and sit still and allow contentment to come to you. You've got to let contentment do what it says it will do. Let it bring the peace to you. Let it bring the serenity into your life here. So that you're not all worried and all worrying about and crazy things that... <laughs> excuse me, that are transpiring in your life. 
See, but notice what he said. Notice what Solomon tell us in Proverbs fifteen sixteen. He says, better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasures and trouble therewith. Proverbs fifteen sixteen. He says, better is little with the fear or the respect of the Lord than great treasures and you got trouble. They're in. You know, you know, why do you want all kinds of turmoil in your life? See? Little is much when God is in it. You ever sing that song in the songbook? You remember the days? Little is much when God is in it. Labor not or riches or fame. There's a crown. and You can win it if you go. In Jesus' name. Amen. You, you've got to realize that the little things, God is well pleased. Amen. So don't allow yourself to get caught up into these things. Notice what Luke uh, writes in Luke 3.14. Luke 3.14. Luke brings out a point here when John the Baptist is baptizing those that are coming out to him. Here, Luke says, and there were some soldiers likewise demand of him in Luke 3, 14, saying, and what shall we do? And he said unto them, do violence to no man, neither accuse any falsely, and be content with your wages. Are you happy with your wages? Are you happy with what you're making? Amen. A lot of people are not content with what they're making. They are, man, I can remember, man, when I was making 25 cents an hour in the hot field, man, I was content. You know why? Because you weren't getting more than that. You know why? Because you agreed to the price before you ever went to the field. That's why when Jesus told that story there, and about the the laborers in the vineyard, and the man sent them out, you know, all the way up to the eleventh hour. And then when they came in, the guy was mad because the first guys got as much, the last guys got as much as they did. He said, "Wait a minute, I agreed with you for a price." See, so when you agree for a wage, you know you're supposed to be content. You took the job. When you sign the dotted line, you said, I will do what this application says you're hiring me to do. If you're not going to do that, then don't sign the application. You're putting your integrity in jeopardy. See, you want to do the best that you can because you're a child of God. You're not wearing... You're representing God. You have prayed. You have asked God to give you a job. And God has opened the door for you. And you signed the contract and said you will do it. And now you're going to renege on what you said you're going to do. And you wonder why you're weary. You wonder why you're not content. You wonder why you're not satisfied. Come on, we've got to do what the Word of God says. 
so that our lives will be weary free. If you do what you are supposed to do, I guarantee you, you're going to have more joy. Don't worry about working for the money. God knows what we have need of before we ever asked of Him. See? So you've got to learn to, to be content. Be content with what you have. Amen. So the, he tells these soldiers, be content with your wages. It'll go the way God wants it to go. If the scripture says, I've been young and now I am old and I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Notice, why is Paul constantly saying the love of money is the root of all evil? Don't love it. Because you go back and you read, Solomon says it takes wings and it flies away, you know. But if you're content with what you're making, you're tithing on what you're making, you're giving the, the kingdom of God to what you, some of what you're making, I guarantee you, you will never go broke. God will provide everything you have need of so that you can have a weary, free life. Because that's what he desires. That's what God wants. Paul says in Philippians 4.11, he says, not that I speak in respect of want. He says, I have what? He says, I've learned. See, there's some things you've got to learn in life. Amen. That in whatsoever state I am, if I'm in Wisconsin, if I'm in Minnesota, if I'm in Alabama, if I'm in Texas. No, that's not what he's saying. But even though if I was in those states, I'd need to be content. But no matter where I find myself, no matter my circumstance, no matter my situation that I find myself in, Paul says, I am taught, I learn to be content. Why? Because God says, what? I will never leave you. I will never forsake you, Hebrews 13, 5, right? You remember, that's what he says, that God says, I won't leave you. I will never forsake you. Verse 6 says, so that we can, but confidence, boldly say that the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do unto me. Amen. See, he, he, the word is, is there for us. Go back to verse 5 real quick. Amen. Let your conversation, notice, or your behavior be without covetousness or wanting more, but be content with such things as you already have. Amen. The stuff you got in your house right now, be content with it. Be excited with who you're with. You know, your loved ones, your family. Be content. For he have said, I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. Amen. That's why in this pandemic, you got to be content. So what? You got to put a mask on. You ain't got to wear it all day. You go home. You drive and you don't have to wear it. You know? You can get up in the morning. You can go out and walk and exercise. You don't have to wear it. 
you know, you only have the word when it's required to be worn. See, but people start complaining about having to wear it. And as a result, what are you doing? You start bringing worry on yourself. What the Proverbs eighteen twenty one says, depth and life is where? In the power of your tongue. See, if I'm content, I'm not going to worry about it. See, we, we, we don't bring this stuff upon you. Learn contentment. You'll be able to, okay, you'll get through it. You'll be able to survive. You'll be able to live. Godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world. We ain't taking anything out of here. Having food and clothes, be content. Because God knows, believe me, you know, sometimes I'm sitting at home and, you know, just when you think things are running out, here comes somebody with a bag. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it's like God says, I need to give you some more. And I'm going, I don't have any room to put it, <laughs> you know. But you know what he said, right? You know what his word says. Prove me. You bring all your tithes into the storehouse, and he says, you prove me. See, when I open the windows of heaven and pour you out blessings that you won't have room enough to receive them. And God is on in his word. So we have to learn contentment. See, we have to do what God is asking of us to do. Now, notice what Paul tells us. He says also that, in Philippians 4.16, he says, with everything, with prayer and supplication, with, with what else? Thanksgiving. Learn to be thankful. Pray without ceasing and in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Think about it. We have to learn how to be thankful. Philippians 4, 6. Amen. Be thankful. I, I, I meant, uh, <laughs> what did I say? Amen. Be, supplication with thanksgiving. And then I said Philippians five eighteen. And everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Amen. See, we've got to get be thankful. Notice what the psalmist is writing in Psalms 100. Psalms 100. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, O ye land. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. For we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise, being thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. Amen. What God promised me in my generation, he promised my grandkids and their generation. 
Amen. And the same holds true with every person. Amen. That's why Peter says on the day of Pentecost, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise is to you and to your children. Amen. And all that are far off. So we've got to learn how to be thankful and everything give thanks. Amen. That's a sign of your content. When you're being thankful. Now notice here in Romans chapter 1 real quick. Time is slipping away. But go to Romans chapter 1 verse uh, 16. Uh, Paul writing here. He says Romans 1 chapter 1. Romans chapter 1 verse 16. He says. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, that as it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and all unrighteousness and and uh, of men who holds the truth and unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifested in them, for God have showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that were made, even as eternal power and Godhead, so that they are not without, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, what happened? They glorified Him not as God, and neither were they thankful. And they became, what? Vain in their imaginations, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Now, what? notice what happens here when you're not thankful. Notice what he says transpired when you are not thankful. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God and to images made like unto corruptible man and to birds and four-feeted beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up unto uncleanliness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves." who changed the truth of God into a lie and worship and serve the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, God gave them up to vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one towards another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, 
inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covetous breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Notice, and it all stems from being unthankful. They knew God, and they were not thankful. So what did God do? He gave them over to a reprobate mind. God said, go ahead, do what you want to do. But like Solomon says in Proverbs 1, I wisdom, I stand and I call. You know, if you don't accept it when it calls, you know, pretty soon God is going to laugh at your calamities. See, but we got to learn to be thankful, amen, in our walk and in our lives with God. Because God has our best interests at heart. He don't want your life filled with worry. He wants you to be free. If God has made you free, then you're to be free indeed, not worrying. Amen. You're supposed to have that peace, that passive all understanding. And this is what Paul is saying in the seven <laughs> excuse me, Philippians four seven. Amen. He will keep your mind in perfect peace if you keep it on him. Amen. He'll keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus so that you're not wearied and overpacked and, and worrying about a whole lot of things that really does not matter. So contentment comes through this heart of thanksgiving. And we have to learn this because the word of God must be effective in our lives if we're going to live according to the word of God. Amen. Matthew chapter number six. Matthew chapter six. Starting with verse 19, Matthew six nineteen. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Notice, you want your mind, you want your things to be focused where you're headed, not here. Amen. If you're focused in here, you're going to find yourself wearied here. But if you're focused where you're going... You're going to have peace. Amen. With contentment in your life. Praise God. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore the eye be single, the whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, the whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters. For either you will hate the one and love the other, or else you will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what you shall eat or what you shall drink, 
nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat in the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his statue? And why take you thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like as one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he much, not, not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, what we shall eat. Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For all of these things do the Gentiles seek. For your Father knoweth that you have need of these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient today is the eve of thereof. So Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. He's going to have his own troubles. Amen. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto you. Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. Sorry, verse 1. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought to always pray and to not faint, saying, There was in the city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversaries. And he would not for a while, but afterwards... He said within himself, though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said, and shall not God avenge his own elect which cried day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith on the earth. Amen. You see, that's why we walk by faith. We don't walk by sight. Amen. We have to make sure that we're giving thanks for everything. We have to make sure that we stay content. We have to make sure that we don't allow ourselves to be drawn away by the cares and the riches and the things of this life, but that we walk humbly, amen, before the Lord, because God desires us to be weary free. Amen. That's why he came, to take all those things away from us. Remember, we buried the old man. His life was full of weary. His life was full of things that really doesn't matter. But now we have a new life. And so let's live, amen, not worrying about things. We're going to a better place. 
we're going to reign with him forever and ever. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. The greatest thing.